It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan, here with my guy, Cordell Woodland of Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter, also for 105.7 The Fan. Ravens lose to the Steelers 16-13, and it's a lot, Cordell. It feels like that that we've seen this type of game before, not just from a Ravens-Steelers perspective, but just basically from the season and the losses that the Ravens have endured, how, you know, it's been a late score that's put teams over the top. Um, But let's start with the offense. I think that it's, there's some multifaceted things. It's a miracle to me that the Ravens have found a way to win three games since Lamar's injury against the Broncos in early December. And I say it's a miracle because um, they're not scoring a lot of touchdowns since then. Um, The personnel that they have is not that great, particularly from a wide receiver perspective. Um, And yet somehow they've won three games. So, that's been amazing to me um, when you look back at in hindsight. The two losses, though, also make you realize that the very same reasons why I'm surprised that they won three games are the same reasons why they've lost two games. Um, and so when you start looking at what the Ravens have done when Lamar Jackson went down in that Denver game, if we want to include that Denver game, The Ravens have only scored four touchdowns on offense. Four. We know that they didn't score any in the Cleveland game. Um, They scored one at the Broncos game to to win that game. They scored one um, in the Steelers game. One, what, in the Falcons game. And then one last night. And um, it's very interesting because NBC – did um, a comparison with Lamar Jackson. This team scores an average of 28 points. Without him, they're scoring an average of 18 points. And I actually think that the 18 points is very cute and, and, and being nice because I don't know where the five points is coming from. So mm-hmm. um, this is interesting. This is a very interesting dynamic. I do not know how this team has simply figured out ways to win those the games without Lamar. 
I mean, you could say that, well, they were playing against mediocre uh, opponents, which plays a big role into that. But um, at some point, you have to find a way to get seven points and not three points. And ultimately, that was the culprit in this game, in addition to the fact that they were unable to answer the adjustments that the Steelers made on defense to stop running the football effectively, particularly in the second half. Yeah, I mean, the offense stalls out. That's what they do. You know, they they can only do but so much out there. They may have a drive here and there um, where they're able to sustain and get to the red zone. But once they get to the red zone, they flame out. And we've heard Greg Roman before talk about how his guys have to do a better job of running the football uh, in the red zone. Well, he also needs to do a better job, again, of calling plays for the run game in the red zone. There was yet again another red zone possession uh, in the game against Pittsburgh where they didn't ha- – J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards didn't have a run. Now, Gus Edwards was basically a non-factor in this game. He only played nine snaps. Um, yeah. I, for the life of me, I don't understand what's going on with Gus Edwards. I don't understand what's going on with this running back situation as a whole because, you know, it could be any given week. It's like I guess they they call themselves alternating weeks of who is going to be the guy is what it looks like. Uh, but J.K. Dobbins is obviously going to get more work each each of those times. But last week, it was Gus Edwards. And still, J.K. Dobbins had more carries, but Gus Edwards was kind of like the focal point in the offense. Gus Edwards was a no-show in this game, and I, I can't really say it was because of him. I mean, <laughs> it's hard for him to help the team when he's on the sideline. It's hard for him to help can the I, team. Can I interject here? Because I do mm-hmm. believe that, that J.K. Dobbins was the better player player to play on Sunday than Gus Edwards based on what the Steelers were giving them on defense and based on what the each player's strength was. I think that where they were stopping the run is where Gus Edwards typically thrives in. And I think J.K. Dobbins being in a more elusive back gave them a better chance in terms of running the football. So I honestly did not have too much of an issue with Gus not being the premier guy. Would I had liked to see him more have more than three carries? Yes. But ultimately, I, I think that the right decision was made. Let me say yeah, that, I mean, based I, on what the I, defense yeah. was giving them. I'm not I'm not upset with JK's the starter. You know, JK's the right. better back. I'm not upset right. that JK is the focal point. It's more so the fact that your pat I mean, Gus Gus Edwards should be just as much uh, a part of this Russian offense. Uh, as J.K. Dobbins is, J.K. finally got over 15 carries in this game. And on a day where the, the run game wasn't necessarily popping the way it, you, it, it has in the past, J.K. still had a decent day, 17 carries yeah. for 93 yards. It's over five yards a pop. But it would I, I think it would have helped, especially with them loading up against the run, for them to be able to have that bruiser that they have to tackle for full quarters as well. Um but they 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 weren't really getting worn down. The pass game is what it is. I mean, you're, you're you're getting nothing out of the pass game. You only had two receptions from receivers for 18 <laughs> yards. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? What are it's we embarrassing. doing? Uh, it, it's you, you have to get your offense from somewhere, and it's clear that J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards right now are the only ones giving it to him. Mark Andrews was finally able to wake up, caught all nine of his targets, had 100 yards on the day. 
Um, Isaiah likely gets the touchdown. But other than that, I mean, the pass game was obsolete. It, it, it was obsolete again. Um, I just, I'm wrecking my brain because, sure, <laughs> we sit here and, and, and talk all day about how Tyler Huntley's not a good quarterback. Tyler Huntley can't lead your team uh, to sustain, sustainable wins. He's not good enough to really carry the load right now uh, for them. And because you look around, who are his weapons? I mean, the receiving group has been documented to not be good. It's the worst receiving core in the league. It just is what it is. Um, this is a prehistoric pass game, scheme-wise, personnel-wise. Uh, you, you, you got anytime your offensive coordinator has to highlight how diverse your tight end group is, it means you don't have much uh, as far as weapons are concerned on your offense. This is now 2023. This is the modern day NFL. You're not going to be successful in this league if you cannot score multiple touchdowns. You're not going to be successful in this league if you can't throw the ball. I don't care how good your run game is. The run game is is exceptional. It's elite. Greg Roman has found a way to be this uh, Albert Einstein when it comes to scheming up the run game. But you look at him with the pass game, and it's like a preschooler drawing scribble-scrabble on a piece of paper. That's what it looks yeah. like to me. It's just like, yeah, let's just let's just line up and – you go here and you go there. I, I was watching the game in a press box, and I said this to a couple of media members in there. Um, if you notice, the Ravens very rarely get any hit on any pass plays on time. It's all like like guys aren't necessarily getting open based off the play that's called. It's once the once their route is over and the quarterback has extended the play and they're running around or they're coming back to the quarterback. Now it's so now, we, you know, maybe he's able to find somebody open once he's had to scramble all the way outside the numbers or something like that. But it's not like the, the, the play itself is getting guys open. Nope. No receiver gets any separation. I, I mean, in that game against Pittsburgh, it was literally no type of separation from any receiver at all. Mark Andrews is out there winning his battles one-on-one, sometimes yep. double teams. He's beaten. Yep. And Tyler Huntley made some nice throws to Andrews. They look like they had the connection that they had last year. Uh, that was the best I've seen that Tyler Huntley and Mark Andrews connection all year. And it's crazy to a certain degree I was we were saying last even in the Pittsburgh game that that was potentially Tyler Huntley's best game until you got until <laughs> late in the game and you know he's looking for somebody to make a play. I can't believe I'm still kind of in shock that Tyler Huntley was asked what he was looking for on that last interception and he, his response is somebody, somebody to make a play. Like bro. First of all, that was not a okay, and, and so so let me tell you this, Tyler Huntley. When you, there, here's the thing about the internet and TV in general, right? There's literally we can all go back and we can rewind and we can see what's going on. And here's the, there's two things: Justice Hill's in the middle. 
that he could have just gave it, gave it yeah. to and dumped it all. And also Isaiah likely is on the outside. Right. Yep. Is on the outside. So so to me, that's an excuse. He chose to make the throw that he did. That was the decision that he decided to live with. And that's the decision that, that ultimately ended the game. But for him to make to to make to say that out of his mouth when you can go back and look and see who was available, and there's two guys that he literally could have got given given it to, to me lacks accountability. And I have a problem with that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That I mean, to be honest, I saw what he saw. I mean, Demarcus Robinson was clearing. He was on the verge of clearing the defenders. He was coming on the deep crosser. If he would have been able to make an NFL throw. Right. He, he that's been that's the problem, Cornell. That's, he big, that's the biggest problem. He couldn't make the, that, that, Thank is, you. that is a throw that an NFL quarterback makes. Yep. But he, can't, he couldn't make it. I mean, he's, he's rolling out to his right, his strong side arm. And the ball literally goes about 10 yards behind the receiver and maybe about 12 yards in front of the receiver. I mean, he stood no chance. It was just like his response, and I'm sure it's not exactly what he meant, but just the way it came off after such a bad loss. Yeah. His response is like, bro, I'm just throwing it up and seeing what, what happens. I'm, I'm hitting the effort button and praying somebody comes and saves the day. When I mean, he really didn't have to push that button because there were options there. That's yeah. the problem that I have with that. That's the problem. I mean, it's it's a combination factor. Like I said, it's a combination between Tyler Huntley simply not being that good yeah. and them not having any weapons. They've invested nothing into the offense yes. um, besides keeping Ronnie Stanley, Mark Andrews, paying Patrick McCarry, drafting Tyler Linderbaum. They're not putting anything into the scale positions Correct. on the outside. It's prehistoric. To think that you could win in the modern-day NFL without anything at the receiving core, I don't care if Devin DuVernay and Rashad Bateman are healthy. It's not enough. Yeah, It's not enough. They yeah. don't have enough. They don't have any known commodities at the wide receiver position that has done anything in this league. They've got nothing but people that they roll the dice on, and we'll get to some other people on the defensive side of the ball, but they've got guys that they have done nothing but roll the dice on via the draft, uh, low-risk, high-reward situations, um, considering what they're paying these guys, yeah. and it's not panning out. It's not panning out. They're not good enough as a, as a coaching staff to be able to maximize this receiving core. And these receivers aren't good enough or healthy enough to be able to take this team where they need to be uh, with just these youth, with just this youth movement at the wide receiver position. I agree. I, the, I, I, off, I, the offense is just simply lost. And to, I, to think that they're going to just wake up and be a playoff offense it's dead. The season's over. John Harbaugh blamed coaching and saying, you know, that they looked at 
the film all week and the Steelers did exactly what they knew they would do. <laughs> and they, as a coaching staff, weren't ready, didn't put together uh, the game plan that they needed to put together. That's just, that's just bad. I mean, it, but it is what it is at this point. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I can't believe what I'm about to do here. Um, I cannot believe I'm in a position where I have to defend Greg Roman, but this is where I have to do this. Don't get me wrong. I think that there were some things that Greg Roman could have done in yesterday's game to kind of help this offense get some type of rhythm. Let me be clear on that. Um, that being said, I think far too many times we we, we get upset about him and, and what the, he does with this offense and not enough about the personnel in which the offense he was given. He is running an offense that the personnel gave him, which means they did not invest in wide receiver. Um, and, and the guys that they did invest in, they tra- he traded – Hollywood Brown away to Arizona. Um, Rashad Bateman obviously is out with an injury, so that's out. But they the they decided that they were going to invest in the offensive line and the tight ends, and not in the wide receivers. So, what exactly could Greg Roman put? these tight ends in better positions yes I've been asking for Mark Andrews to stay outside literally for the rest of the season because I feel like that that's that's the mismatch that you need to help a guy like Tyler Huntley in terms of his progressions um and it it, it just would help this offense a whole lot better um he does do it it's not consistently but he does but ultimately I don't know anybody that could uh, maybe Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, yes, because Bill Belichick has had guys like this roster before, and he's maximized the talent. But he's literally the only dude I can come up with and, and say who is going to maximize the talent from a skill player position that the Ravens currently have. And he's the only guy I can come up with that could do that. I I think that what we're asking for is a lot based on the guys that they currently have. They don't have the talent, and that's a problem. And so while while I think it's a safe assumption to say that the Ravens will move on from Greg Roman, I don't care who comes in here. If you decide that you don't want to invest in the wide receiving group, then you're always going to look like this. It's always going to be this way. So that's the issue. That's the problem. On top of the fact that the Steelers committed themselves, committed themselves to eliminating the run, in which they did a very good job of that in the second half. And the matchups that they they, they they had, they were winning the matchups. It's that simple. They were winning the matchups. Morgan Moses didn't have one of his best nights. Then, then he was going in and out the game due to injury. Makari was coming in and taking his place. But then that's J.J. Watt's side. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a, a dumpster fire as far as I'm concerned on that side of the, uh, of the field. So I saw Pat Ricard miss a couple of blocks. I mean mm-hmm. – this team has some issues. And the one thing that we really thought, you know, was their strength, we see if you have the right personnel, you can find a way to make that a non-factor. And when you do and you force them to throw the ball, oh, they don't have nobody. <laughs> they got a bunch of tight ends. I don't even yeah. know if Charlie Kolar played yesterday. I know he's active. 
<laughs> okay, so basically he did not. But right. even even still, right, Cordell, he's a tight end. Like well, they they got tight ends already. They had likely who scored the touchdown. They had Mark Andrews who had 100 yards. So look, this team is going to continue to be what this is right now, a little bit better because Lamar Jackson is what makes this offense go. But until they invest in wide receivers, it, they're always going to have first round maybe second round exits and that's just the story it's going to be and we're not going to be able to blame greg roman because he's going to be long and gone and this is going to continue to be a problem i i totally agree they allowed jj watt i'm sorry tj watt to come out there and really blow that game up uh specifically in the second half yep you watch that stiller's defense just really seem they were the aggressors you know, they were the bully. They were the bully guys. They came out of that halftime locker room with the mindset that they were going to be the ones to take the game to the Ravens. But, yeah, the Ravens lost at the line of scrimmage really on both sides of the ball yeah. uh, in this game. And T.J. Watt just, you know, really wrecked his game. Again, I said it going into it, which defense was going to make the game change in plays, which defenses was going to get the clutch turnovers. It turned out to be Pittsburgh, and it turned out to be their best players to end up making the difference. 